0: I appreciate your help back there. Your skill is quite legendary.
1: Hey, you were coming with us to the monastery, right? The three of us are students there. We were doing training exercises when the bandits attacked.
2: Yes, we must speak with you if you can spare a moment. The way you held your ground with the bandits is
0: captivating. It shows I still have much to learn. Your skill is why I must ask you to consider becoming my personal tutor. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Edelgard of the Adrestian Empire.
1: Really? Must you be so forward? I was hoping she could become my teacher. I am Dimitri of the Holy Kingdom of Fergus, and I'd be honored to have you teach me. Wow.
2: Just met and you're already pouncing on her? I was hoping she would become my teacher. Oh, and I'm Claude, by the way. I saw her first. She wants to teach me.
1: You claim everything for yourself, Edelgard. You're as bad as the Flame Emperor. She wants to teach me.
2: Oh, big surprise. The two royals want to take something from the little guy before he even has a chance. Little guy, my ass. You're a noble, too. And you're a bitch.
1: Hey, don't you talk to her like that.
2: Talk to
3: her. (laughs) She happens to be the second in command for... Hey! Look. I'm not exactly qualified for this teaching thing, but what the heck, we can at least give it a try. Let's talk on the way back to the monastery, and I'll come up with a plan to work with all three of you. My name is Byleth, by the way.
2: All right. Sounds good. Lead the way. Five years later.
3: Edelgard, Dimitri,
4: Claude...
3: When I get my hands on you three, it's going to be detention for 30 years! I hope you like writing sentences because you're all going to be scribbling I will not start wars until your hands fall off!
2: This is RPG Backtrack, RB gamers official retro gaming podcast covering titles from the early days of PC gaming right up through the consoles of yesteryear. Join hosts Kelly Ryan, Matt Mason, and the estimable Mike Minky, as they and their guests tell you what to borrow, what to buy, and what to relegate to that big backlog in the sky.
5: Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, which is your news show, and Q&A Quest, which is your feedback show. We are the Nostalgia Show, and joining me is my podcast partner in crime, Matt Mason.
2: Hey, everybody out there. Another great Yay. game to talk about tonight.
5: Yes, uh, a game with a lot of branching stories, and s- somehow I don't. we're going to have to keep it simple, because <laughs> we tried to cover three games last time, and that was fun, but also took a while.
2: So this is three games uh, in one, right?
5: Uh, te- uh technically four, give it, give or take. Um, t- talking about Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, joining me, my uh, sister from another podcast, Anna Marie Prevertier.
3: Hello.
5: We've got Josh Carpenter. Hey there cassandra ramos hello everybody and, and newbie paul Strelli well newbie to backtrack at least i think this is your first time here
1: it is thanks for having me
5: no problem so, so but before we move on tell us what what do you do on the site
1: um so i am a reviewer and sometimes editorialist i also am um a backtrack or i'm sorry a backlogger with uh Anna marie and um A few others.
5: Cool. And do you have a favorite RPG?
1: Oh, uh, I have too many to list. I think right now on the spot, probably it'd be Final Fantasy VI, which is kind of a cliche, but it's fine. I'll take it. Okay. (laughs) Somebody call Phil.
5: Somebody call Phil. This guy works. (laughs) The old. I know. We we kind of talked about it. Okay. I couldn't remember. Um, but yeah, we're going to be getting into Fire Emblem Three Houses. This is a monster of the game, and I, I've been kind of looking forward to this all week because I love me some Fire Emblem, and I feel like this one kind of helped, helped me kind of re-love the series because the past two just didn't grab me in a way. I don't know about anybody else, but um yeah, I love Shadow we'll Valencia, into it. but that's
3: just
4: me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was totally love
3: Fire Emblem Echoes.
5: Huh, that that's funny it it didn't grab me at first, and then when I pushed through and and finished it, then it grabbed me, but this one like I couldn't put down from from the go yeah, so, I have to uh,
1: agree with you. I thought that um three houses it had something that like had like that something that pulls you a little bit harder than uh at least um i well, not awakening, but I'm trying to think of what was right after that um fates which yep fates and conquest fates was, yeah I'm,
4: eh. yeah
1: <laughs> exactly that one kind of tired i mean honestly i have i have um the remake of the other game it's honestly sitting on my shelf shrink wrapped so i have to get to that
5: yeah, it's, it seems like this was the be- the version of fates that we should have got but um we'll get into it a little bit more after this quick musical interlude
4: I'll soar away Into the dawn of-
5: And welcome back to RPG Backtrack. We are talking Fire Emblem Three Houses today. A game that came out July 26, 2019. So we are about near two years to the date, give or take a couple of days.
2: It's almost like someone planned it this way.
5: <laughs> yeah, yes. yes <laughs> I it wonder be- who did that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was trying to get games around the release dates but you know sh- shuffling shows it doesn't always work out like that and then you know somehow i got to western rpgs and jrpg july but we're finishing it with a jrpg so it's all good um yeah so this was the first home console release of a fire emblem since radiant dawn which i forgot about until i was doing research for the show Yep, yeah. it was the
2: wii man
0: <laughs> yep,
1: then
2: just time. been DS
0: and 3DS <laughs> since then, until now. Yeah, oh, and... This game
1: looks so much better than Radiant Dawn too. thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I <laughs> mean...
5: So, interestingly enough, um, it, it was going to be a 3DS title, and then they put it on hold because they wanted to put out Shadows of Valentia first. Yeah, and it, then kind of be-
0: contradicts uh, what I've read about on the Shadows of Valentia's development from, and it still says here on the wiki that at first they were working on. The next game but the switch wasn't done being developed and they weren't with specs so they decided to work on another 3ds title being a remake of gaiden i mean it's possible it started as a 3ds then they said let's put on a new system then they said let's work on a remake instead but it, yeah
5: that kind of contradicts it otherwise i mean as we all know wikipedia is a hundred percent accurate source of information <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, apparently quoted from a from a, from a, what's
5: it called, interview, but I guess uh, I'm just a translator there. Yeah, I mean, who, who knows what they reported, but so because it jumped to an HD system, they I think they felt like they were kind of in over their head and got te- Tecmo Koi, is it Koi Tecmo? Oh.
4: Koi yeah, Tecmo, Koi te-
5: yeah. Yeah, got them to help with the HD graphics since they were already doing that Musou game, and yeah, they, they, were, they were tasked with basically trying to get the battles to look more, epic and i i didn't play radiant dawn so i didn't know if it looked very badly in that game or not compared to this one
2: uh, th- this one definitely had a much more epic look than radiant oh, yeah. dawn did yeah i mean i uh, mean okay. it
0: didn't look too bad compared to path of radiance but i mean yeah. <laughs> gamecube versus way
5: yeah but um, i i just noticed that in this game uh, there were you know people fighting in the background whenever you went to your vignette and i wasn't sure if they could Sort of pull that off on a GameCube, but probably not. No, still one on one.
2: Yeah, it was one on one with you know, like it was better looking than it does on the portables, but it's still very, very uh, centered in its roots. Let's say. Mm-hmm.
5: Yep. And and yeah, you can kind of see that Musso influence when you you look at the battles and the animations and all of that. So, I'm I'm glad that they ma- managed to have somewhat of a working relationship.
1: It really worked out.
5: And then they, because they kind of, you know, were too messing with things a little bit, they ditched a weapons triangle on this one, which I thought was kind of a welcome change, especially since the the game I played before uh, Valencia had done that.
4: It,
2: it, if my memory is uh, yeah,
0: yeah, Shoutout Valencia didn't have the weapons triangle either, but Gaiden didn't have it, so that okay. you know, you think that's the reason why. I mean, there was a reason because it's tied to... into how classes, you know, worked in this game mm-hmm. and there are skills that kind of replicate, you know, the weapons triangle.
2: Yeah. As you get leveled up. That's, that's what I was about to bring up. Strawberry.
5: <laughs> yeah. And the um, other, other thing is that, well, I mean, I know that Pegasus Knights, are still weak to archers. I remember yeah. that much. Um, not, not much else other than that. Um, they, they, they also let you have the uh, battalions to let you have passive buffs. buffs I thought, was, which I thought was kind of a neat little change. Though so I, I got a little bit too obsessed worrying about do I have the right battalion for the right team, and then I ended up just not caring.
0: <laughs> I ended up just kind of giving them to whoever hadn't leveled finished leveling up theirs yet, and only certain kind of scattered characters had them. My exactly. gambits are are neat, but not really necessary.
1: It was like an afterthought for me. It's like towards the end of the game, I was just basically like, "Okay, yeah, sorry, this character I'm not even dealing with. Go, be gone."
5: <laughs> um, now, one thing I did get really into was um, trying to level up all the or trying to multi-class all of my characters. Um, I felt like the classes were much less less restricted restrictive than some of the other games in the series i mean
0: yeah they it's on on purposefully too like like certain characters have like affinity towards say more towards magic or more towards being a mounted unit say but you like you there's like a wide variety of classes you could change them into because rather than like a set line of what they will class into like the previous games uh, you get to give level them up in certain skills and if they have the right levels in these skills then they can class change to the appropriate class. And everybody starts off as a nobleman or a commoner and the two are identical despite the different names.
3: But I thought that was really interesting storytelling and in that like no matter if you are a nobler or a commoner you all can become well, the same classes.
0: Well, yes, yes. I'm, I'm sure they did it on purpose and also like other odd, like curious things like how Petra is actually a princess from where she comes from but she's considered a commoner in Fodlin. Yeah,
4: but that's huh. that oh my
0: God.
5: other I didn't country. That. Bridget, yeah, that island country See, so because I had played a blue, blue Lions, I didn't even see that About that character nor, nor did I ever make the connection about the whole Noble Commoner starting thing Which is kind of cool mm-hmm. Um And yeah, that kind of ties into the whole overall feature of the game, which is that the first half of the game is basically a Persona game. Uh, It's time to go to school. Yes.
2: Everyone else has done a school, so now Fire Emblem has to do school.
5: (laughs) I mean, jokes aside, I thought it was a welcome change to the series. It
3: definitely broke up the flow, which is... Think was needed.
5: I guess I
1: would have. I. I don't mind. I mean, I'm never a huge fan, even though I'm a huge fan of the Persona series. I'm never um, super crazy about the. Sorry, that's my cat in the background. Super crazy about the school sim segments. Uh, I thought that they were done um, well enough. I just wish that there was more balance between the battle gameplay, the school sim, and then the, like the dating sim elements too. I thought that those two segments kind of overwhelmed the battle components.
5: Yeah, because the, the, the dating sim components were kind of crazy because that's how you got people into your house. And that kind of plays a huge story bit in the story later when the same people are going to be your enemies later. So the yeah, interesting really... thing
3: is that is one of the ways to get people into your house. But as you continue to progress in the game, it is actually not the best way to get people into your house.
5: Huh, I, I was not aware of that. What's the best way to get people into your house?
3: Boosting your own
5: stats. Oh Yes.
0: Yeah. You can recruit them with a high enough support level, but uh it's easier if you boost the own stats. Except on a new game plus in which case <laughs> you can you know, go wild with like, recruiting virtually everybody.
5: Yeah, because your stats carry over.
0: Well, and you can also auto-unlock supports, so they'll just join virtually, on basically automatically.
5: <laughs> uh, I'm unlocking a memory now. The- didn't some of that have some something to do with rebuilding the goddess statue? Yep. Okay.
3: Not the goddess statue, the uh, statues
5: of the saints.
4: Yes, the four oh, saints. Oh, right.
5: Right, right, right. Because de- de- which ones you focused on depended on which bu- perks you got. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, See, when you haven't played a game in two years and you start talking about it, stuff tends to come back to you in weird ways. So um, I I like the monastery segments. I thought it was neat having a whole monastery that you could explore. And then thankfully later on, they opened up Fast Travel so that you didn't have to hook it Hoof it back and forth every time you wanted to go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and
0: they eased you into exploring the whole because it's a pretty large area and it, it can, can be a little disorienting when, like, the first time you have the full thing open to you, but they have it limited for the first few chapters and then open it up slowly. Like, at least it
5: took me a while to remember where everything was without looking at the map constantly. At, at least they're nice enough to put the portraits on the map of where everybody is. Yes, that is nice. <laughs> I hate it when games don't do that. Now I'm looking at you, Stardew Valley. So you ha- you had that. You also had the tea parties, which a lot of people latched onto for your support conversations.
3: I was not a fan. It felt very shallow. I, it was I like the was one cute. part of the the game that like just didn't connect with me at all.
2: It, it could have been worse. You could have been petting people's faces. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <geez. laughs>
4: Fair I mean, point. it was
0: kind of fun to try to, like, think, okay, what would this character prefer? <laughs> and then, and I kind of liked it when I got it perfect.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so kept guess. getting to know them. That was kind of cute. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do we want to get into the story now that we've kind of gone through all the new gameplay elements, I don't think i missed any
4: Uh, other
0: than
5: like oh you
0: get gauntlets now that's cool (laughs) yeah the gauntlets
5: were like skills oh no wait no i'm sorry the gauntlets were a new weapon i'm sorry i got new weapon type
0: linked to the new brawling skill i actually kind of wondered previously could they ever have like a like a fist fighting class somehow and no well you know finally
2: well you don't have the uh triangle anymore so now you can
0: so yeah
5: so it does make me wonder if the triangle is ever going to come back, or if they're, they're going to try to shoehorn it back in? Because I kind of like the Triangle-less games. It- well,
0: I mean, I they might it, it'll likely be back for a hypothetical genealogy of the Holy War remake, since that's the first time it ever showed up. And yeah, just a not- few, yeah, just a few notes. There's a lot of similarities between, oh, maybe not a lot, but like curious similarities between three houses and genealogy of the Holy War, which uh, is
3: cre- yeah the. the cre- yeah, the Which is an untranslated title, right?
0: Uh yes, still untranslated. Yes, the uh the second game on the uh the super famicom. And the oh, one where okay. actually introduced like the uh, the second generation system. Gotcha. But yeah, the similarities are like the crests are very similar to the holy blood system in that game, except that tied into like having a second generation. Uh the weapons durability works very similarly. You use it up. And then it breaks, but it still exists instead of, like, disappearing, and then you can get it fixed later. Uh, mounted units can dismount, uh, which you needed to do in Genealogy of the Holy War, but in uh, Three Houses, you don't have to unless you want to, like, get rid of certain... um Like, if you're standing in sand or something else that impede a horse, you can get off, so they can just be a regular unit. And Getting
3: up are- and down stairs was very yeah, helpful, because, yeah, like, and- uh, particularly in later maps, there were a lot of stairs.
0: Yeah, Senate. And, and a few references to Norse mythology, though this game really loves its Celtic mythology. Hmm. And oh, funny and what, thing, uh, they mentioned like the continent, uh, like another continent called Dagda. And I had very recently finished playing uh, Shin Megami Tensei for Apocalypse, so it was weird to hear the word
5: Dagda again in a different context.
4: <laughs> like
5: not a god, but a place. And so the welcome thing that came back from the previous games, and I think that this is going to be the case going forward, is obviously having the uh, casual mode where there's no permadeath.
2: Yeah, I don't see that ever going away. And they also brought back the uh, ability to turn back time.
0: Yes, but instead I forgot of, about that. Yeah, instead of Mila's, Mila's turn wheel, they call it Divine Pulse.
5: Uh, basically the same thing
0: yeah divine
5: deity thing grants power i uh, i appreciate that strategy games have this because didn't the land greaser remake that came out recently have that too
2: yeah i think it did
5: okay it just it makes try playing strategy games like this so much easier or not really easy just Approachable. Knowing that you could yeah approachable it, Unless, it, it's, yeah, it's, less aggravating for sure
2: yeah it, it's rough when you're playing a map that can take you like 45 minutes to an hour to beat and then get to the end of the thing die and then have to do the entire thing over again mm-hmm. so you know like especially if it's like one of those tiny little moments of inattention you know playing yeah. it right before bed late at night kind of half asleep and like yeah,
0: oh no that like, person her, died no
5: yeah, or oh. an unlucky critical on the enemy's part Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I mean I I always play in casual mode where there's no permadeath so I those are things that don't really bother me but I can definitely see that being helpful for uh, people that like to play on the permadeath mode yeah. so it's, it's s- almost counterintu-
0: like almost counter I don't know counterintuitive but I like the bit like the balance between having the permanent death but being able to fix my mistakes
4: Mm-hmm.
5: yeah i mean i know people that consider even rolling back time cheating but eh. hey you don't have to nope. you can play
2: this game however you want with as much challenge as you like or as little as you want that's the great thing about it
5: and that's awesome but yeah i getting into the story i feel like this was the better version of what they wanted to do with fates because the, the the two storyline thing in Fates felt very I don't three know. Three
2: storyline.
5: Yeah, right. Three storyline because I forgot there was the third one. It just mm-hmm. it it didn't. It felt almost exactly what it was, where they were trying to sell two games.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or three.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it was a very weak story too, despite, and and the world building was really pitiful.
2: Well, yeah. well, too much of it was left to that. Third DLC story that very few people played yeah, after but, they had gone through the first two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like,
0: but not, not even there. Like, the, like I'm actually really impressed with the world building and three houses. Uh, the the fact that they include nations that are not part of the main continent is kind of astonishing for a Fire Emblem. since a lot of them tend to be here's a continent of X. This is where it all takes place in. And if there's anywhere else in the world, it's barely mentioned. Here, it's like you have Dogdo over the ocean, you have the island of Brigid, you have Almira, out beyond the mountains, some autonomous regions. It's pretty neat. And the, the world of face doesn't even have a name. You just get Nor and, uh, and Hoshido and some other places. Like, what is this continent called? Nobody cares, apparently.
5: Oh, yeah. Just... just going through the plot now i'm gonna go through the plot before the time skip and then we can all just kind of chime in with the story that we finished or whatever but but um so the game starts out where you're by the main character and you're with her father and you're just kind of out one day and you rescue three nobles from a group of bandits and these nobles are like, hey, we're at the Gehrig Monastery, where we're learning how to become soldiers. You want to come hang with us? And Bylith is like, sure, why not? And Ger- Geralt kind of warns Bylith not to trust the church's arch- Archbishop Rhea, which uh, sneaky stuff going on later. And they basically ask they ask her to join one of their houses and they the sorry, she is uh, Byleth assumes her du- their duties as a teacher I, I I keep referring to her as her because I played as female Byleth. I apologize I was gonna try to use neutral pronouns for them um, and the, the three nobles were named Cla- Claude Edelgard and Dimitri and they and each have a
2: house it. and they're all yeah. from different places yep
5: yes, yes. and they're
0: all like uh, they're, they're all heirs to their
5: respective nations as well so I, I find it funny that in the previous game, they wanted your choice to be so hard that you had to choose what game you wanted to play. And this one, it starts it off right off the bat with your choice. Just, there you go. We literally just met pick something.
1: <laughs> I like that, though. I mean, at least they cut to the chase. And they know yeah. that you're going to come back and play the different routes so you don't have to do all that preamble. You know what I mean?
5: No, I mean, I'm not complaining. I, I appreciated that very much. Um, it, it's always a pet peeve of mine when a game doesn't get to the point right away.
4: Oh
5: yeah, I maybe mean, what do we call it, Anna? Time to slime? <laughs> yes,
3: time to slime. How quickly do you get into the first battle in a game?
5: Yeah, well, this one pretty much starts you off with it. So, um, I think that we people usually call the first part of the game the school phase because this is when you're doing the persona part. Um, yeah,
0: officially it's the white clouds. Um, I guess. Oh right. Line.
2: Right, But I mean, it's uh, persona all the way down to giving you a calendar and having everything broken up into months and having like your major quest and then having little things to do every single day. Very heavy into the persona, you know, dating sim sort of elements.
5: Which, an interesting note, if you bought the collector's edition, it came with a desk calendar that was pretty much the calendar in this game, right down to having the everybody's birthdays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a Robbie Damon sign (laughs) line. Viewer's voice, actor. And if I recall, because I picked my actual birthday, which is May 11th, it started out with my birthday like almost immediately, and it kind of surprised me. And I can't even remember if they do anything special for your birthday or give you an item or something. You
3: get an accessory.
5: Oh, okay. So, uh, pro tip: if you want an accessory early on, just pick an early birthday. I think it's the game starts out in May. I don't recall right now. I, I, I really don't remember either. But yeah, you're. Um, yeah. As far
0: as the store Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying it's a little confusing, too, because they call them like, uh, like uh, moons and by special titles, like the Wyvern Moon or the Red Wolf Moon or something. <laughs> I
5: can't really recall yeah, it, like, what
0: type of year it corresponds to, even though it's a yeah, 12-month it's calendar. Not
5: your, yeah, it's not your conventional 12-month calendar, but they they certainly give you a 12-month calendar that's conventional in the collector's edition. Uh, and just kind of going into the story So while all this Before all this happens The character Byleth is having dreams Of a green haired, haired girl named Sothis And she she's kind of the reason Why you can do the turn back time thing In, in the lore um, And in this particular world You have all these nobles That um, have crests That are blessings from the goddess And they give them power And these crests are pretty much The source of conflict in the world and this this is gonna tie into some stuff later, but while you're doing the whole school thing, your group is pretty much hounded by mass um, hounded by a couple of mass warriors called the Flaman Emperor and the Death Knight, as well as a cult called those who Slither in the Dark. Which gets to be pretty unwieldy. <laughs> yeah. Time. Yeah. <laughs> like could you come up with a more simple name for your cult? I mean you the... kinda hear a name of like the nation they originally came from, but you don't hear
0: that. It's it's kind of like in passing. They're the they were the Agarthans.
5: <laughs> yeah. I don't know, the Slytherers? Or is that too close <laughs> to Slytherin? So um one of the missions that you go on uh the the those who slither in the dark tried to steal the relic sword of the creator which is an, an ancient relic that was in in the monastery and Bilith touches it, and it reacts to them. And yeah,
0: despite by- the lack of a crest stone, which is what you re- need to power these special relics, you'll yeah. find out exactly why. Much, well, depending on the st- on which uh, route you do as well, much later you
4: might
3: find out why. <laughs>
5: you might find yeah. out. But at one point, your your father Geralt is murdered by this cult. And she reads his diary afterwards and finds out that uh, the little girl Sothis in her head is a god that was implanted by Rhea as a baby so that the god could be reborn.
0: Yeah, you don't entirely find that out. He recounts how uh, that, you know, the the, uh, Byleth's mother, Citri, had died apparently giving birth. And he found out the baby doesn't have a heartbeat. Like, you really don't find out the whole implanting a god thing until, again, the right route and much later... (laughs) Like, okay, like, I do like this game's story, but that can be a little clumsy.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is sort of the one weakness of um, Three Houses is, like, no one playthrough gives you an entirely satisfying end on its own.
0: No, but one of them is a lot more complete than the others, I'd argue. (laughs) (laughs) That's true.
5: Yeah, and of course, when it when you get to, when it goes into Fire Emblem batshit crazy, that's when you're like, wait, what? Because <laughs> the whole baby goddess reborn thing kind of threw me for a loop.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a an interesting twist on how they usually do the whole uh, gods thing in <laughs> Fire Emblem.
5: Yeah, so what uh, starts pursuing the cultists and. Uh, magic attack forces the Sothis to merge with Byleth, and that allows them to survive and defeat the cult members with the sword. And their hair changes color, too. Yeah. Go, go Super A
3: suspicious color that definitely doesn't look like anybody else in the monastery. Nope. <laughs> totally
5: unique. So... um by this point, Rhea tries to awaken. So this in Biolith, but the ritual is interrupted by the Flame Emperor, who turns out to be Edelgard. And Surprise! That a, yeah, that was a twist that did catch legit catch me off guard. Yeah, that's no, what, What's
0: really neat is that on a replay, uh, when you listen to the Flame Emperor, you can definitely hear Edelgard's like inflection and tone of voice
4: mm-hmm.
0: in their voice, despite like the heavy reverb they use to disguise it. But you probably won't found, notice that on the first playthrough, because you barely know Edelgard yet, especially if you play one of the other routes.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I did, uh, you know, I did Black Eagles first, which is like, oh, wow. That's yes. actually, like, really neat how uh, they kind of hit that and yet made, made it more obvious on a second playthrough.
5: So at this point, the story branches, and I forgot, I forgot, is Byleth in a coma for that five years? Yes, they're mm-hmm. in a coma. They're a bit, they been a...
3: unspecified gone. Yeah. But you kind yeah, of have to a- make some inferences.
5: Okay. I thought it was a coma.
0: Well, Byleth can't die. Right. That and because their their connection to the goddess and the goddess's like affiliation with certain other beings um it you know it then but yeah, we'll get into that a bit later.
5: Yeah. So, I played Blue Lions At this point, I was was following Dimitri, and Dimitri just goes off the rails after the time skip. He is just full. He already had survivor's guilt anyway because uh, he was the survivor and this thing called the Tragedy of Dusker, which was the slaughter of a whole bunch of the royals. So he was pretty messed up anyway because of that. And then this tragedy, the war the Edelgard started, just made it worse. And before before the time skip, Dimitri's vassal, Dedu, uh, is killed, uh, trying to save him. And Dedu and, and Dimitri are just, I mean, Dedu is Dimitri's like, most trusted person. So this messes him up. And I also didn't real- realize this until I was uh, researching the story. I didn't know that you could not, because s- in my story, I did Dimitri's, para- uh, what was that called, paralog story. So because I did that, I managed to save him. I didn't know that he could permanently die. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because
0: I know the other two, like, right-hand leaders pretty much are there the beginning. Yeah.
5: So, um, after, in my story, at least after Dimitri comes back, um, he kind st- of or, or rather, do I'm gonna get these names confused, I apologize in advance. When Dedu comes back, it kind of sates... Dimitri's want for revenge He kind of realizes that he has a reason to live Because you know the game heavily Implies that is Suicidal because of all Everything that happened And that's when he decides To go um, confront Edelgard To make peace but Edelgard Refuses so Dimitri ends up killing her And then unites the kingdoms and becomes king with Byleth becoming the archbishop of the church. And that's kind of a very, very shortened version of the Blue Lions story.
3: The sort of interesting thing to me is like Blue Lions was the last story that I played. So like Byleth becoming the leader of the church feels really weird to me now that I know all of the things that I do about the inner workings of the church.
5: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, obviously, I I don't think I got the story about Biolith and her birth. So no,
0: that's yeah, I don't think that's touched upon in Blue
3: Lion. No, and you have to play multiple storylines to really sort of get the full gist. And so mm-hmm. the idea is is that Rhea has Raya is crazy, by the way. Yeah, she is <laughs> completely. like completely cuckoo, go woody, what? Yeah. And so, like, she has decided that her mother needs to be resurrected, and so she has been attempting to implant her mother's crest inside of babies, inside and of it's people, inside I, of people. Yes,
0: I, I think she's somehow created their bodies. They never explain exactly how. Yeah,
3: yeah so it's not it's, it's a little loosey goosey on the details. Yeah. But eventually, she gets it in her head that she is going to put the crest inside of an unborn baby.
0: Well, what happened there? I, I kind of explain that a little better in um the DLC. From what I understand, so the the last like um vessel she intended was Sea Tree Byleth's mother.
3: But and the that didn't work it got passed to yeah, the but, baby
0: but she got past the baby because she the baby was born without a heartbeat. Well
3: the reason and, that the baby well, doesn't have a heartbeat is because she has the crest wrapped around her heart
0: well, well uh, no sea tree still had the crest within her at keeping her alive and sea tree begged Raya to give the baby yeah. the crest stone to keep the baby alive. Rhea didn't realize that would actually be the closest to getting her mother back but it just so happened to do it well there was also
2: the part where uh, like apparently Rhea had saved Geralt at some point by like using her blood to save Geralt's life earlier so there was that thing where like Rhea, you know like uh Byleth basically had the blood of Rhea in her as well as you know the this whole thing with the crest um in her so that 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 somehow played a role in how yeah, Byleth was actually able
0: to have yeah the actual the consciousness of the goddess Sothis within her or him mm-hmm. them
2: it's convoluted and-
5: and yes, correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but all this experimentation with ba- with babies and crests is exactly why Edelgard starts the war because this stuff traumatized her.
0: Yeah, it's so indirectly related with the those who slither in the dark. But yeah,
3: so yeah, you basically yeah. have two groups that are saying doing the same horrifying thing at the same time. Okay. So, um the church is attempting to resurrect the goddess by implanting crests inside of people. And those who slither in the darkness are attempting to give people who have crests a second crest to give them absolute power.
0: Yes, as well as giving them the, uh, the then lost uh Crest of, crest of Flames, crest. which was the crest of the goddess Sothis.
3: Has. Yes. And so like the the problem with attempting to give someone a crest, let alone a second crest, is it is habitually fatal. And even if you do successfully give someone a crest, who wouldn't have had one naturally, whether that's a first crest or a second crest, is it dramatically shortens their lifespan. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's two people that those who slither in the darkness have experimented on and successfully implanted second crests in. One's Lysithia, and the other one is Edelgard. Mm -hmm. And she screwed up both of them.
0: Yeah, and and Edelgard gets the crest of flames, too. Lysithia was just kind of like a first step and Edelgard, they even call it like she's like their perfected version. Although whether she has a shortened life or not, I don't know if they ever touch on that
2: yeah they don't ever Um, say i think edelgard had like a a 10 or 11 siblings and all of them ended up dead or insane because they were all
0: used during the experiments and she was yeah
3: yeah and like so it is pretty heavily implied that edelgard will have a shortened lifespan because like one of the things that lysithia talks about is like when you successfully get this crest your hair turns white very shortly afterwards or during or very shortly afterwards and once your hair is turned white you only have a certain amount of years left to live and Edelgard has white hair
0: yeah I think her hair was originally blonde
3: yeah but it wasn't
0: white Mm
5: So I'm starting to feel like Edelgard, just from what you guys are saying, had the more interesting story. Well, and I,
3: I don't know if it's the most interesting story, but it is the most complete one because Edelgard has two different routes. Right. So like as you go through the Black Eagles route, you can choose to um, join Edelgard on her campaign to become Empress of the Continent, or you can separate from her and go down the church route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, like each of of those have,
4: essentially too.
3: Yeah, and like each of those have really important pieces of the puzzle in them. But it's interesting that like joining Edelgard ends up being the better ending for Byleth. Huh. In fact, arguably the best ending for Byleth is joining in Edelgard's campaign. Because at the end of that route, um Byleth is freed from the crest and her heart starts to beat again. Well, her heart starts to beat for the first time.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I need to go back and play Edelgard's route, and then Claude's route, uh, I don't even know what goes on in his route.
4: So was Claude's route is
3: really interesting, and I feel like a lot of people play it down, but it is the only route that really explores those who slither in the darkness.
0: Yeah, as well as the Children of the Goddess, since those are barely touched upon any the other? They're mentioned, I think, but you don't really know what they are, who they are.
3: Yeah, and so it turns out that like all of the people whose crests everybody's been inheriting were like the thirteen original people that hung out with the goddess.
0: They were, yeah. To explain that, so the goddess, you gotta just go into like the that lore. So the goddess descended to Fodland from outer space, like she's from far away, but they never quite explain what she is. And then she took on a human form and then created her children from her blood. And these were the children of the goddess, also called the Nabatians, And they're humanoids that can transform into dragons, very similar to Monaketes in previous games. And from there, she and her children helped to uh, like teach the, the humans living in Fodlin, like, you know, magic and technology and to make themselves you know better. But eventually one group, the Agarthans, first warred among each other and then turned on the goddess so they could take her power and started a very long war against the goddess and Nebatians. The they were finally defeated and then uh, but they escaped underground and Sothis took a, a very long time apparently to heal the planet from the damage done during the war. And it was after that that she went to sleep. Uh, sometime after that, the Agarthans became those who slither in the dark, and they convinced a uh, a bandit. I assume this is not his original name, but he's called Nemesis, and <laughs> not exactly subtle.
2: No, no, I, I Ripper writing that subtle down, like, like really? hammer. Nemesis, really? This is yeah. This is our bad guy. Okay. Yeah, so,
0: mm-hmm. so he he breaks into the holy tomb, takes Sophasis still like comatose or. Maybe partially dead body, and they like they turn it into the sword of the creator. It's actually made from her bones. And yeah. So her... all
3: of the legendary weapons that you collect are actually pieces of Sophis.
0: Well, Sophis or the uh, her other children, the other Nabatians, or essentially they're dragons or dragon parts, and they also mm,
5: so this bits.
0: Yeah, and as well as her using her blood to bestow the crest of flames onto Nemesis. So he went and slaughtered uh, the uh, the people of Xanado, of the Red Canyon, that was inhabited by the Nabatians, and using their bodies, he crafted even, or I think the, those of Xanado crafted more weapons, the other relics, and took the crests from them. And this really traumatized Rhea, understandably. She was the only one that survived that. Like, she already had her mother's body stolen and then had her pe- people mostly killed. So she took a long time wandering around Fodland and trying to gather an, another army to uh, take on Nemesis and his ten elites. She became, uh, a, 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 she became, uh, Saros. Or at least she recalled, she called herself Saros. And this is the Saint Saros that is the, uh, basis of the Church of Saros. And she was finally able to defeat him, which you actually see in the very beginning of the game. Uh, from there, in order to make like she they, she decided to rewrite history uh so that the church could more easily i guess control the continent instead of saying that nemesis was always a bad guy and anything about the children of the goddess she claimed that, ne- she said that they said that nemesis was originally the liberator king that saved oland from th- wicked gods from elsewhere. But and then he was bestowed the crest of flames and the creator sword from by the goddess. But eventually he got, you know, he grew um hungry for power and then turned on the people. And then he had to be stopped by the ten elites and Saros, even though that's just not true at all. She also said that the other crests were all gifts from the goddess, even though they were actually Desecrated from the bodies of her own people, and claimed that they so, and also said that you know, the nobility have these crests, so you need to listen to them. They are, you know, the rightful rulers, and that caused all sorts of problems, as you can imagine. And then, yeah, we're in the present with Rhea trying to rip, bring back her mother by implanting her crest stone and creating bodies and all that. And Agarthan still trying to get their revenge against the church and the people on the surface.
5: This plot is so easy to follow. <sighs> yeah, no. I when I usually I always pull up a plot summary on YouTube just to kind of refresh my memory, and after about ten minutes, it's like, wait, what? Wait, what? So they have all these yeah, cultists? that's am feeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's only slightly less batshit insane than Awakening because I didn't even know what happened in Awakening. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I guess when you, it's not really, well, I don't know, I guess when you throw time travel and parallel worlds in the mix, <laughs> that gets kind of, now they realize it. I
5: mean, I mean, I will give Fates this. I felt like Fates at least kind of had a cohesive story, even though they dumped it all in the DLC, which, um, speaking of DLC, there's also technically a fifth route. Sort of. Sort of. The
2: The hidden, the hidden house.
0: Sewer babies.
3: Sewer yeah. babies. Yes. We haunt your school, but good.
0: (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, this DLC uh, from like it's kind of weird how it fits in into the canon, but I guess I'll just kind of go over it a bit. So it's called The Cindered Shadows, and when it starts, you see the three house leaders uh, talking about a mysterious figure that they saw go into a hole in the wall. They follow it, and it goes somewhere underneath the monastery. Uh, first, they fight four strange individuals, uh, Yuri, Happy, Balfus, and Constance, and then after defeating them, find out that uh, they're actually from Abyss, which is a secret town that's been under the monastery for a long time, and the outcasts of society basically live there Vag- you know, vagrants and uh, fallen nobles. People have fallen on hard times and such. Uh, and the uh, those four are called the Ashen Wolves. It's—they're uh, the unofficial fourth house. Uh, just kind of started, because I, uh, I can't exactly remember why it was started. Um, it, it had to do with the, uh, one, the one of the major figures of that storyline, a character called Alfric, who is a cardinal of the church. And he's also... And
3: had a-, a super boner for your mom.
0: Oh. Well, you don't find <laughs> out about that until later, but... <laughs> And he want he's like the biggest advocate for the uh, for abyss because there's all these people in the church going why do we have these people there can't we just shoo them out but yeah he's there and they they generally like and he seems like a nice guy uh, later you find out that that strange figure was. Uh, Part of a band of mercenaries trying to find a relic called the Chalice of Beginnings. And actually you, which you, if I think the first thing you do when you turn on the DLC is you see this short story about how before Saros uh, started on the uh, whole implanting her mother's creststone into artificial bodies thing, she you somehow got this chalice of beginnings and used the blood of four, the four apostles, which are four other crest bearers. And uh,
3: she was trying yeah, to... So that... they're the four missing crests.
0: Yes, four missing crests. And she tried to use their blood to bring back her, to bring back Sulfis, but it didn't work. And the chalice has been missing ever since.
2: So it's Fire Emblem and the Holy Grail.
0: Something like
3: well, that. And by the time you finish the DLC, it's basically implied that those four actually took off with the chalice to stop her from doing her creepy, creepy mom stuff. Yes. And she hunted them down and killed all four of them, which is why the cresser air quote, lost, but never found the
0: chalice. Yes. And also, it actually turns out that they had descendants, and those descendants are, coincidentally, Yuri, Happy, Balthus, and Constance. Actually, it's, they're not. <laughs> actually, it's not a coincidence, as it turns out, because Alfric was actually the one that hired those uh, mercenaries, because he wants to bring back Byleth's mother, Tree, because in the past, he knew her and was in love with her, but he also knew and liked Geralt, saw that they loved each other, and decided to let her, you know, let her be happy. But uh, Seatree, of course, died and he was devastated. And later, while he was wandering around Abyss, he found her completely undecayed body down there and got the idea to try to find the chalice to bring her back. And I'd also somehow found out about those four being the bearers of the four lost crests and made it so that they would have to go... and. that they would be trapped in abyss. Uh, it's, after that, he does try to do the ritual, but because of Yuri having, like, a backup plan, he was a double agent the whole time, working with Alfred because Alfred had his mother held captive, but also working with Rea to try to stop him. Uh, they uh, stopped the uh, ritual, but... The, it, still turns Alfric and the body of Sea into a mo- nasty monster called the Umbral Beast, which you have to defeat. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, because it
3: turns out that Sea may have had a, a crest and maybe that was why everything went wrong.
0: I mean I assume it, it says the Umbral Beast is like has the power of a child of the goddess. So I assume it's like an almost Nabatian, almost dragon, but really twisted. And I also assume because they didn't use enough blood from the uh from the four from the four crest bears. Just I guess it other. is a
3: little too diluted at this point. Yeah, that
0: too. So then, yeah. And then after that, uh, Araya allows the Ashen Wolves to... Uh, be able to leave Abyss whenever they can. And while they said they will, they'll come back at some point. Now, the funny thing is, the story could take place before chapter 10, like sometime after Byleth gets the Sword of the creator, but before Gerald dies. Well, at least before the, the, the whole hair color change thing. But if you play in the main story, it's never at all referenced. Um, it's vaguely implied that similar events sort of happened, but people found out about Alfric's intentions before that happened and kicked him out. You actually do f- see him if you have if you download the DLC and finished it, uh, at a certain chapter by Byleth's mother's grave, but he's not called Alfred, he's just called Monk. So I-, I guess the DLC takes place in some alternate universe we never get to alternate route we universe universe we never get to experience. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. And the Ashton Wolves can be recruited pretty much any time after defeat. After beating a DLC, or after if you finish certain chapters, you can recruit them. Or I don't know. I don't see why you just don't you know finish it all at once and then start a new game. You can get, pretty much get them from the start. And they also have four like u- unique classes that uh, you get special uh, master seals for, which were introduced in Awakening. Oh no, I think Valkyrie's been around for a while, but at least the, that version of Valkyrie is based on the Awakening one, as well as Dark Flyer, War
5: Monk, and Trickster. So, it, how much is the DLC? Twenty bucks. I.
4: Don't recall, oh, uh, yeah. usually
5: the Nintendo DLC is around 20 bucks. Oh, it, it,
2: it was 20 I mean,
5: I 25. The, yeah, I wanted this. Yeah, I don't remember.
0: I just know what, I wanted it, I bought it and played through it. Well, was it worth it? I think so. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like they're they're really great characters. It's really neat to see them. Like even though they're not that important in the plot like at all, like it's a neat little look into bylift's past, uh into the past of the series. And just and they these the four characters are are, are great themselves, especially Yuri. Like he's my favorite out of those four. And it's really neat to see how even though they're like brand new to the DLC, how tied all four of them are into well most of them except for Happy, I guess. Into the other characters there, like Constance is a fallen noble, and she knows Edelgard. She know, uh, she knows. Um... Ferdinand, she knew Mercedes and considered her like a bigger sister. Or how Yuri, what as you later find out, is actually the uh, the commoner friend, Bernadetta, had that her father beat up when he found out that they were friends. Uh, Yuri apparently knows Dorothea. Or how Balthus was childhood friends with Hilda and her brother, Holst. Again, it's pretty neat how they still tie them in there, even if they're just kind of added on later.
5: I'm lo- I'm looking at the DLC right now. It's 25 bucks, and it was a full expansion pass with all sorts of stuff like costumes and quests. And at the top of the page is the Cinder's Shadows DLC. At the bottom mm. of the page, it's saying that there was an additional storyline scheduled for release by 4 2020 Did that ever happen? That
3: was the Ashen Wolves, I thought.
5: Yeah. Oh, the, it's, uh, Oh wait, Cinder's Shadows and yep. Ashen yeah, Cinder- Wolves? No, yeah. Ashen Wolves is the name of the fourth unofficial house.
2: Cinder's Shadows okay. is the name of the story.
0: Of the DLC, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
5: You just, they just don't elaborate on that second storyline that's all the way at the bottom of the page.
0: Yeah, by that, they likely mean the DLC. Okay.
5: <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, gotta give it to them for upping the replay value on this, because... F- f- four different, I mean, the fact that Edelgard has two different branching paths within a branching path is just neat. I just, I wish that there was a way to start at the time skip and not necessarily at the very very beginning.
2: That would be nice. It'd make it a little bit easier to go through again.
0: Yeah, that, I mean I, I have like a ridiculous amount of saves for a reason, other than like trying to complete the support conversation
5: chart, like support conversation chart or whatever it's called. Because I'm not going to lie, Tactics Ogre on the PSP kind of spoiled me on branching stories.
2: You just want that giant uh, uh, overview thing where you can skip back to anywhere, any of the decision points and do the other decision? Mm
5: -hmm. I I think that that makes stories like this just much more enjoyable. But I can kind of see why they would... Well, I guess starting at the time skip you miss out on recruiting characters but at that point i really wouldn't care because all their stats would carry over anyway
4: yeah yeah
0: i mean like i guess that would be on a new game plus anyway i imagine so you wouldn't have to worry about like oh did i put the right skills so i can make them the classes i want
5: them to and such yeah not really good for ocd (laughs) strategy players but at, at that point i wouldn't care so, yeah, I I feel like this game had a pretty solid story, even though I, I kind of wish I would have went back and checked out the other paths.
0: Yes, like I said, it's a, it is a great story overall, but of course its biggest weakness is that it kind of depends on which route you play. Uh, certain ones will seem a little more, like a little weaker or less explanatory than others, like... I actually very first completed the Silver Snow Route, which is the one, like the church route. Yeah. And it, like, that one, like, goes by weirdly fast near the end. You defeat Edelgard, and then all of a sudden, hey, you gotta worry about those who slither in the dark. Like, okay, who are they? Oh, no, no explanation. Just gonna go beat them up. Okay. And then, like, okay, Rhea is trait, like, hey, Rhea stops this la- one last missile strike of theirs, So then she goes berserk and attacks you in dragon form. Why? You, you don't really know. <laughs> Like it, like, and then later, like, I was also simultaneously, more or less simultaneously, just more slowly playing through the Crimson Flower of my sister. And while that stopped, like, that's the shortest route, I think, of the four, it's relatively complete. Uh, you help Edelgar to conquer the entire continent, you stop a crazy Rhea, and then later, apparently, they'll go after those who slither in the dark, but they're not important right at that moment. Yeah, see, I got
2: like, the I played through the church route, and I maybe that's part of the reason I was a little bit more. Um, muted in my enthusiasm for the game because that that route was. I mean, it's not bad. It was just kind of like like it? don't
0: play it first.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not the ideal one to play first.
0: No, like, I'd actually, I think Bird and Wind might be the best to play first, if only because it goes into more explanation as to who the goddess is, who the children of the goddess are, who and what the, uh, those who slither in the dark are. For those
3: of us who can't remember what the route names are, which house is Bird and Wind?
0: Uh, Bird and Wind is, uh, it's um, Golden
5: Deer.
3: Okay, yes, I would also recommend that one first.
5: So, yeah, that's the, yeah, Claw Route. When I was just starting out, I was so torn between golden deer and a blue lions yeah um, I
3: stole golden deer from you
5: yeah because I Cause, think we were all playing it on, yeah
3: so RPG you yes. and me and Josh were all playing it and it's like well if we're all going to be playing it and Chris and so like if all four of us are going to be playing it we should all be playing different routes
5: And I mean I didn't our arbitrary reason I picked blue lions because their mascot was a cat <laughs>
3: <laughs> I picked golden deer because Claude is hot
5: <laughs> yeah I, I, th- that was my I, th- that was what i was torn between do i go with hot or do i go with my brand
0: i mean i, I went through black eagle I, just because the idea of like actually fighting on the side of the empire sounded pretty interesting and in a sense it probably is the darkest route of the four because you are essentially rolling through conquest and it's actually a uh, i say the storyline's a lot better done than fire emblem fates conquest yeah that that's actually being sure. like you know. Dark gray and slightly less dark gray morality. Um, Paul, what what route did you do?
1: So I chose um cloud clouds route, and um I I oddly enough I chose him because I thought that um he, he was the the only of the three main routes that like looked decidedly non-white, um, <laughs> which is strange. He,
0: he kind of, yeah he is. <laughs>
1: Basically. yeah you, exactly i mean it's like it's, all, it's heavily implied and i thought that also just because it's coming from japan and i thought that there's not too much representation especially um in their anime or like anime-esque um game so i thought it was just like an interesting choice um to have him featured as one of the main characters so i, I selected him
3: yeah and i, and like I his mean personality it, the best it has a very detroit become human sort of feeling to it because it's like the dark people
0: live over the mountain then they're bad
4: yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: th- th- that's the Almirans, because later you find out Claude is actually half Almyran and his mother is from Fodland, and she went over there and married with uh, the ki- uh, the king of the uh, people of Almyra. So he's actually an heir to two kingdoms. And again, it ties. It- it's one of the main themes. Like Claude's main main, like he, what he, his ultimate goal is to unify the known world, so that people of all classes and all races can get along in harmony because Foland really likes to close itself off from the rest of the world
1: right Again, I, loved, is- I loved I love that approach and, and, and that um, and that he he lived that that was so much of his essence in everything that he was trying to do he was such a unifier um, I really identified with that and I really um, enjoyed playing as him and he had this like cheeky kind of side too that really came out that was really play, playful with Vila um, so it was just uh, I just enjoyed yeah watching them interact.
5: And I will say I really liked a lot of the character interactions in this one. I, you know, I normally get very frustrated with how talky the uh, the support conversations go, and I found myself just engrossed with the support conversations in this game.
4: Same.
5: Oh, I yeah, I really enjoyed
0: them. I actually think it was neat that for the first time in a series, instead of talking portraits, uh, they use three D models. Although they still have like the uh the, like the text box facial portraits. Mm-hmm. And while they're you know they're not exactly the most expressive it's still a uh, pretty neat to see them like walk like walk around a bit uh g- gesture uh and it can but be you see that too like I feel uh, like
1: you see that kind of in the overall presentation for the for the whole game it's like you see it's naturally it coming from this to the switch where you, uh, it's, everything's leveled up, like from the 3DS versions, even the battle system that we were talking about earlier, and like just the backgrounds. Um, everything, every like stylistic detail that they choose and everything that they improved on, it was just so much more engrossing that, yeah, even the character conversations, everything was just really sucked me oh, yeah. in. I couldn't stop playing.
0: And they did such a good job of the like the conversations too. Like I mean, some of them are kind of dull, but uh, for the large part, I really enjoyed the vast majority of them. They feel so natural. And, and the, the, vo- the actors did such a spectacular job, like, in in, in every facet, you know, the, the battles, the main story, even the support conversations. I thought for sure that if we get, like, a new HD Fire Emblem, this, the uh, support conversations wouldn't be voice acted just because there'd be a lot. And nope, I'm wrong. <laughs> like, wow. They did such a great job, too, a large variety of uh, actors. Even some of them are doing, like, uh, like double. No, I think I think most of them only do one or two characters. This isn't like Fates where one of them did, like, three <laughs>
5: Yeah, and I understand why sometimes games have to do what I call puppet theater for um, conversations like that, where it's just the character portraits, because there's so much text that they can't possibly animate every bit of that, but... I, I appreciate it when games kind of step away from that and actually animate the characters'
4: movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, Yeah, again, they're not that deaf, but they can be fun. Like, uh, with Bernadetta and Hubert in their first one, Bernadetta's so freaked out by Hubert, she just kind of goes comatose, and
5: he goes, how did you faint standing up? <laughs> <laughs> and, boy, the internet just came together for Bernadetta. Everybody loved that character. Oh, yeah.
4: And, and her
5: book. I mean, I didn't do everybody's support. But what's sad is that she had one of the more tragic support
4: stories,
3: which is really interesting because there was actually a stealth edit to her supports. Because in, like, the first week or two when the game was out, if you talk to Bernadette and, and, like, increased her friendship, she talks about, like, this horrifying abuse that her father gives her. And then at some point, it just kind of got, like, vagued out.
0: Did it? I, I wonder if I, I, did. I didn't. Because I, I do remember, like, how, this. is that how he, he tied her to the chair to try to yeah, get Yeah, that's
3: completely gone
0: oh, now. Is it? Oh, I had no idea. I, I, I remember that. that. Yeah, I got that, too. Yeah.
2: They hmm. edited that out? After it's
5: a the fact, now. No, the check <laughs> that's awful. I mean, it it was grimdark, but it made her character interesting because that it was yeah. why she would never come out of her room. Yeah, you'd understand why she was like this uh, severe
0: shrinking violet.
5: I I didn't know that they edited that. That's kind of lame that they did. Did that? <laughs> oh well. Like
0: I, I mean, from what I like, didn't they, I thought the only thing they like took out was changing male Bielis' voice because his previous actor uh, <laughs> got milkshake <laughs> ducked Oh well, yeah.
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> so the interesting thing is, is it actually changed it to be a little bit closer to the Japanese version. Um, so like, it used to say, "To train me to be a good submissive wife, he'd do things like tie me to a chair and leave me there all day, challenging me to stay quiet." And it just kind of got changed to like, all he did was to he tied me to a chair, and like that was the end of it. Which
5: almost seems kind of worse without any context. <laughs> I think it's bad either way. Yeah. And I and I thought that the Byworth voice actor got changed because he broke an NDA, and the milkshake ducking was after the fact.
3: Well, it sounded like they were getting ready to replace him anyways, and then the milkshake ducking moved it up in a hurry.
4: Okay, I see. Okay, gotcha. uh, well, what look at milkshake, milkshake ducking. Where, like,
3: yeah, it, it's, it's an internet meme where it's like, look at this adorable milk sh- uh, dr- duck. It's drinking a milkshake. 15 minutes later, we regret to inform you that the duck is a racist.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. I'm
4: looking the idea is that someone having 15
3: minutes of fame, people go through their background and discover that they are not necessarily a good person. Or that they have done some problematic things in the past. Mm-hmm. And,
5: right. oh boy, that dude was pretty problematic. But, what was the actor's name? Oh, I cannot remember for the life of Yeah, that. and well, Zach Aguilar, who's re- who
0: replaced him, and his current official male actor. Oh, but...
1: he's, he's so much better
4: opinion
5: i don't even think i got a chance to hear the original one i i didn't either um he, he was excited because he thought that he was going to be in smash and then because he broke nda that was like one of the nails in the coffin i and remember then, that kelly <laughs> all that pretty much confirmed was that we was getting by in smash <laughs> Which, just as a side complaint, I'm annoyed that we didn't get female Byleth's Amiibo. We only got male.
0: No, I mean I, we still don't have female Robins Amiibo.
5: So, yeah, that that's true. It's just they did it for Corrin. Yeah. I, I just I found a cor- or to be a more interesting main character. I mean
0: they're silent protagonist, and uh, I don't know. I just like their background and lore is very interesting, but as a character, they're silent. i still like robin a bit i mean i I guess i kind of like them more than corin but in general my my opinion on fates is kind of low compared to most of the series
4: true well
5: it it sounds like we've got everything about the gameplay wrapped up what do you say we uh take a quick musical interlude and then get into the round table where we talk about our favorite things okay okay well going on break we'll be right back And welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are breaking down Fire Emblem Three Houses. We got through the gameplay stuff, and now I want to hear opinions. Who, what did you guys think about various aspects? I, I think this is the most fun part of the show, because it really kind of gets into the personal element of it, and what everybody liked and stuff. So, when it comes to a Fire Emblem game, the first question is obvious. Who is your waifu, slash husbando? Well, since Awakening, anyway. <laughs> yeah the, the, I'm surprised they haven't made the oops all waifus edition
1: <laughs> fire emblem volleyball edition
5: <laughs> I don't give them it's Tech McCoy so don't give them ideas <laughs>
1: Right. I know. I regret saying that. Please don't include that in the actual um, episode that airs. I, uh,
3: I'm, I'm kind of gonna be the, the dissenter here. Happy was my favorite waifu. Just I... her story. When you start to get down, her social links are like
0: amazing.
3: I forgot which one was happy. Happy ha- is the one that is attracting all of the uh, beasts by okay. sign.
0: Yeah, she's one of the ashen
5: wolves. Oh, that's why. I- couldn't find her i didn't play that route <laughs> okay i see i see i have a face to the name now um so somehow i i was trying to get alice as my husband and somehow i had missed that he had had a wife and kid so i didn't really end up marrying anybody um because at, at that point then i tried to date Zetis and they uh he wouldn't actually hey friend you Yeah, so I should have just went for Felix from the start because I liked, I liked him. He was very cute.
3: Oh man, I don't like Felix at all. He's a jerk.
4: I mean, like I get that he has a
0: reason for being a jerk, but he's still a dick. I don't know if he's husband material, but he's he's kind of interesting. It's kind of fun to have you know his supports with more with different characters. I ended up oh, marrying and, him to uh, Bernadette in the, the first playthrough, actually. Well, are they engaged? engaged. Uh, what do you mean the actors? Because they no, are. No, no, no. <laughs>
3: Bernadetta is canonically engaged to somebody in oh, the yeah, in the storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Ferdinand, actually heard it, uh,
5: i mean that's kind of a cute set of supports too actually and d- doing the story summary made me remember at one point i was trying to go through for day but then he died and that kind of shot that in the foot so i i just need to play through the game and just pick somebody and stick with them i, er, I, you know what? I, sh- I should pick claude so i did
3: claude when i was golden deer and then um for my, uh, for my Edelgard, for my Black Eagles route where I sided against Edelgard and for the church, I married Dorothea for my lovely lesbian couple.
4: <laughs> I, <laughs> Everyone I also that did I that know route. that's a lesbian dated Dorothea.
0: <laughs> yes. And she. I mean, she's a great character. I, she, I mean, if I had to pick an absolute favorite, it'd probably be Dorothea. I
5: I would have to choose between either Dorothea or Bernie, just because I thought Bernie was adorable.
0: Oh, she is. Dorothea
1: was mine as well. And then if, uh, Claude was my other one.
5: Yes, and then for the... Uh, so
0: that, that's, for Dorothea was for Black, her Silver, Snow, uh, the, the church route. For the uh, Edelgard route, while well, I ended up at... at the Marrying Edelgard, and I did like that. I was able to unlock S Support to some other characters. Somehow one of them was Sophis, and I don't know how I managed to do that. And that's just weird. I mean, no, she's not a favorite, and I don't understand how that. I guess, talk about loving yourself. I guess. And for the uh, recent um, Bird and Wind, it was with Yuri as a male Byleth. And I think it's actually pretty sweet when he's not
5: being kind of a schemer. I think, was was that everybody that said their are waifus? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Um, kind of kind of a double question here. If you played more than one route, which one did you like the best?
0: Okay. I mean, I already said it before. so I currently and I currently it is the Verdant wind route, the uh, the golden deer route. And while I do like the Crimson Flower route a lot because it's a very interesting look as to actually fighting, quote unquote, on the 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 bad route, the darker route, uh, Verdant wind goes way more into like the the lore and better it more fleshes out what's going on in the full story. So because of that, I enjoyed it more than the other two routes I played.
3: Yeah, I feel like the Golden Deer route for me is my favorite because it's really the only route that addresses that sort of background story of those who slither in the darkness. Because like you hear about them on every single route and you get nothing uh, in Mm -hmm. terms of like any reveals on any route except for Golden Deer. And like knowing those who slither in the dark is kind of really important for some of those other routes because some of the stories don't make sense without that context.
0: Uh, yeah, not to mention knowing like what they did to kind of like put the in the in the background and to uh, keep Fodland um like basically at odds with each other. Uh, they're they you know they're essentially a you know like a conspiracy theory group come to life or come to video game life, I suppose. Keep
3: Fodland pure again.
0: Oh yeah, and Sometimes. also did we did we go into the fact that they have like this advanced magi technology and have a freaking missiles that get fired a few times in the story. Like if we
4: did. My jaw dropped. Like,
0: okay, is that an ICBM? What
3: the heck? Yeah. Well, it's a is... magical ICBM. Yes, no well, we will take no questions about this technology at this time.
2: <laughs> well, it's really weird playing the other routes because they just completely come out of nowhere. You just suddenly that is that a missile? Is yeah. that really a missile?
5: Yes. <laughs> a <magical>? <laughs> i was about to say is it a magic missile sort of
0: they also have like robots under their control too like actual robots or they look like it not golems like, <sighs> because fire emblem I mean, why is, not i mean like this is god this is definitely the first time fire Emblem ever did like advanced technology even if it's like advanced magic technology
5: <laughs> hey br- bring it on i'm i could do with more uh war golems and robots and stuff in games like this yeah this is getting to a crazy idea
0: for like a a um tokyo mirage session sequel that ends in like tokyo getting bombed by an ICBM, like in the shin Megami tensei games jeez oh,
5: so um because i only played the one route did any did anybody else only play one route
2: i only played one route i only played the church route
5: and okay. sewer babies
2: well, and sewer babies. I don't this know if that
1: counts as Yeah, <laughs> um, it's sewer I, babies. I only finished um, Clouds' route. I played through some of Dimitri's route. I wasn't able to finish it completely. I'm glad that I got that additional context, though, of like his, um, you know, his anguish and grief after the time jump, though, because otherwise, you know, after the jump, when you're playing on Clouds' route, um, Dimitri seems kind of underbaked. He seems just like um, one of the angry characters from like that trailer for the Final Fantasy. Uh, souls game oh, just, like, shouting
0: chaos, I mean, chaos. No, no, no. Yeah, you do you fight him in like that major battle that's similar to like the the, the battle of the Ot- lion eagle it's just like okay why don't you want to help like you can join our side but no he's just all angry and crazy mm-hmm. And
5: see I had played that route and a- at that point in the game he- he's just done he either wants to die or he wants to kill Edelgard and there's mm-hmm. no in between yeah and he'll kill anybody else that gets in his way including a potential ally and just seeing and this is what i liked about his route by the way just seeing the complete despair was so heartbreaking and then seeing him snap out of it in my version at least where dedu came back was just such a relief and then you know he eventually forgives edelgard uh, but she doesn't forgive him back and they they, she er, he ends up having to kill her and I, I just thought it was an interesting story. Though. Well, and I love
3: that because, like, the whole point of forgiveness is it has to be given, but it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be accepted.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And, like, I feel like we sort of fall into that trope where, it particularly in video games, where, like, if someone apologizes, the other person automatically accepts it. And so I actually really liked that sort of bucking of the trend. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. So, character-wise, it was a good story. Probably lore-wise, not so much. But um, so, you single route guys, did you have any thoughts about your route, good or bad, or wish you'd pick different?
2: I don't know. Like playing through the church route, Rhea kind of like she she is one of the less sympathetic characters, so it's a little bit rough to play through that route, especially as your only route.
4: Yeah, yeah. what's
0: interesting is that at least on the Verdant Wind, you kind of find out a little more about Rhea's background, probably more than the church route. So she's made and she seems somewhat regretful of what she's done all that time. <laughs> at least that she's, she's not likely to keep manipulating things behind the background anymore. Yeah, Although, but that's the her, only route she's really. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of satisfying to defeat her in like the Crimson Flower route, too, after she goes <laughs> completely crazy at uh her perceived betrayal by by byleth and edelgard
5: so i'm I'm wondering if there's a definite play order here if if there's one that you should probably do first and then obviously Um, second
3: so i would say in terms of like discovering the optimal uh like unveiling of the story i would say golden deer black eagles church blue lions black eagles uh, Edelgard.
0: I probably switched the placement of uh, Edelgard, like you know, the uh, Crimson Flower. Edelgard's route and the church route, just because of how abruptly that, the church route seems to end.
3: Yeah, but I mean, that's what I—that's uh, what I kind of like—is like it sets you up for more story later because the mm, Edelgard route. When, when you go down the Edelgard route, like I said, getting Byleth out of the control of the church seems like the best ending for mm-hmm. Byleth, even though it's not the best ending for the rest of the world.
5: Right. And I, I will admit, this is, this is one thing I love about games like this, is talking to other people about what routes they took and how it affected them. Or in the case of Anna, talking about asking her, well, of all of them, you know, which one did you like? best and i love this kind of camaraderie when it comes to games it's why it's what i liked about undertale being able to go up to my husband and and ask him what he did in his game it's just it, to me it's neat and I, I think they did a much better job with this than they did in fates
4: well it, it
2: was interesting while we were playing it at the time like all three of us were playing the different routes and we were able to kind of like swap notes on exactly what was going on mm-hmm. so that was a lot that was a really fun experience playing it <laughs>
5: The, the only sucky thing is is that you're kind of worried about spoilers too if somebody's going to play another one. Because, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, you find out something and you immediately want to hit Discord or, like, oh, did you get to this?
3: And, like, trying to say, have you hit the time skip without saying, have you hit the time skip <laughs> <laughs> for, like, the first couple of weeks that the game was out. It's like, um, so did the, um, big thing happened I mean in your I th- game but I
0: thought they, didn't feel they the the time skip even before the game was released yeah, like 5 I, I years just... later and then pe- things get more serious so you could still say it before
3: yeah, time, um, time skip. I think we were trying to err on the side of caution because I feel like they didn't do a lot of marketing around that time skip until the game had been a little bit established.
4: maybe. I yeah,
1: I don't case. remember seeing any anything regarding the timescape until after it had been a couple of weeks already and people were um, squawking about it in the forums. Because it took me by surprise.
5: I could, I could have sworn I saw a trailer pre-game. You know,
0: there was a the trailer, yes. It, and you, you saw, like, you know, the, uh, the three leaders and their, you know, their... Uh, five-year time skip outfits.
5: And it heavily implied that there's one, but they didn't say what or why, just that they were meeting again. And they did, I don't even think that they like made the meeting seem hostile or not in that trailer.
0: No, it might've been hostile. I think there was an implication that war had broken out, but you kind of guessed that from like, Fodlin is at peace. Well, that's probably not going to last.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that does bring me to my next question. Did any of you have a fight that really stuck out to you guys?
0: Uh, yes. I mean there's been a few, but I think the one I, that really stuck out to me was the the chapter seventeen of a crim the crimson flower route. Uh, this the name itself is, eludes me right now. That one is actually relatively challenging. It's uh I, I believe it's the uh the, the Tel Tien plane, which I think is the um it's either, no, it's not the same as the uh, the Battle of Eagle and Lion, but it's uh, this kind of swampyish area. And uh, you're fighting against um, the church and against Dimitri. And you see, if whoever you didn't manage to recruit from the Blue Lions on your side, you have to fight them. And then that kind of felt bad. Mm-hmm. To fight them. And also, Rhea shows up part with, like, no, she, I think she's in a corner somewhere and then later joins in the fight. And she is tough. I remember <laughs> having to, like, scramble over some of my stronger units to take her out before she took out somebody else. And, like, when I went up to, to finally got to Dimitri,
5: he, like, hit like an absolute truck. It was ridiculous how powerful he was. Yeah, we forgot to mention it talking about the battles, the stuff that took up multiple squares that you had to break their yeah, shield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Various monsters, umbral beasts, or
0: even just apparently massive wild animals. Yeah.
2: They had that and then you would have to like take down like a shield and then you could actually do lots of damage to them,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yes yeah like it, it was almost more like they had multiple hp bars mm-hmm. and then after you broke one you had to go through another one and that was a good excuse to use things like gambits and uh the um the special what were the, spe- the special attacks i can't remember what they're called right combat arts that's what they are
2: yeah yeah that's one of the the, the fights i remembered like when i was going through my notes from this game like a lot of the <laughs> A lot of my notes were like, oh boy, th- these these maps were not very hard, kind of cakewalked through it, uh, like I was playing the game on normal difficulty, and I remember that kind of being one of the things that bugged me was that it wasn't terribly challenging, but yeah, I do still remember that that final fight in the DLC with the Umbral Beast. Oh, that where,
4: was, yeah. Yeah,
2: that, was, that one was fun and kind of epic, and you had the, uh, oh, oh crap, the uh, the... The main bad guy from the DLC route, like visions of him were popping up, and you had to fight them. And it was like yes. that was a good and, that was a good battle. And you
0: had to be sh- to try to do enough damage because he could re- like he could uh, restore a bit, restore his HP a bit per turn. And it was a challenge trying to get it down enough that it wouldn't restore both, like re- wouldn't restore all of it. And mm-hmm. since the DLC is shorter, you had much more limited resources compared to the main game, and fewer characters too.
5: See, I I think the fight that kind of stuck out me to me the most was where after the time skip you went to the same spot where you had the mock battle at the very beginning of the game only this time it's serious and you you kind of sitting there you know realizing that you're gonna have to kill your friends and i don't think i managed to get dorothy or petra on my side by the time the time skip happens so um killing those characters was pretty hard
4: hmm yeah, i i'm um, oh,
5: sorry I, no, no, no. I i honestly thought that they was gonna you know kind of like oh so they, they are okay at the last second like no you slaughter them and i kind of liked dorothy and felt really bad about that but i i guess that's the side effect of war
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think the only character like the only like uh characters that may survive like actually survive if you quote unquote de- after you defeat them are um sedith and flane because they run away if they're defeated in the Crimson Flower route.
3: Um, they're, uh, The guy who's got to stick up his butt and the really bad hairdo. Uh, shoot.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hubert. Hubert. Oh,
3: yes. Christ. No. Um, He's part of Golden Deer. Huh?
0: No. OK. Uh... He's got purple
3: hair. He's really snooty. Oh, Lawrence, he likes roses. With the weird...
0: okay, Lawrence with the weird face.
3: Lawrence. Yeah. So on some routes... Ah, uh, you can recruit him after the battle.
0: Uh, oh, that I, yeah, that actually reminds me i I thought when I was playing through the uh, the Golden Deer route, I had because I had recruited Ash and thought I'd somehow got him killed after the time skip. but it turns out that he uh, will join up, I think, on the kingdom side for a short bit, but you can h- recruit him over to your side. And I thought, oh good. like like why was why is he gone? Everybody else is here.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch <laughs> of people that end up being against you, but if you recruited them prior to the time skip, they will rejoin you.
0: But it's too late to get anybody else to join you, I think, for most of them. Correct. If you, uh,
3: for most yeah. of them. Yeah, for most of them. <laughs> uh, mine is uh, the side quest, uh, the paralogue for Marianne. Um, because they we talked, it, it was originally in the main game, the only lost crest that we ever sort of heard about. And that Marianne's bloodline comes from someone who got transformed into. I'm sorry, what's the race called again?
0: Uh, a a uh, well, they call them demonic. They're, they're demonic beasts, but they're like part way to be a Nevatian.
3: Yeah. So right. like at all of the people who had the original crests could transform into these dragon-like creatures, and he got stuck as a dragon or as a a beast and so like her crest crest line is considered cursed because of that and like when you go into the uh map it's all like heavy beasts and like marianne is completely separated away from you there's really only one direction that she can turn and you have to fight your way frantically to her in the middle of a bunch of forests and a bunch of mists and all of those things happen in other maps, but there's no real combination of like the mists and the difficult terrain and uh the divine and like the, all of the monster and anim- big monster enemies that you have to break down their shields for. And like all of that combined together made it such an interesting map because I feel like Josh is right. This is a fairly easy fire emblem. Mm-hmm. Game. It is. Yeah. And so, like, having that sort of, it's not a challenge out of nowhere, but having that, like, really interesting twist where it's like, oh, I'm going to have to really think about how I'm proceeding in this map was fun. Also, Mary Ann's cutie.
0: Yeah, it's pretty nice to see that sort of, like, sto- that sto- storyline of hers, about her feeling ashamed of being from that seemingly cursed family and getting a bit of a resolution to that. Maybe she could feel a little better about herself,
5: finally. I, I wonder if part of the reason why this gate they kind of, to the difficulty way down in this game is because they wanted you to play through it multiple times. Well, and I mean, there are
3: harder difficulties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there's
5: no denying that.
2: There are, but I didn't quite like the harder difficulties. It felt like it was more about grinding there than really, like, extra challenge. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, so there's not so a- much you can do with the difficulty if the maps are, you know, just a straightforward kill everything or kill the commander.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, like, once again, like, going through my notes, like, there were several maps, like, where, like, the overall thing was, like, you were supposed to be, like, taking down a fort but the actual victory condition was just like killing one character and the character was right at the beginning and so i'm like well it's it was talking about taking out this fort but i just ran over here with Bylith and killed that guy and then the map was over i'm like
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a, a most of them most of these maps are you know kill everything kill the commander and just wide open space is not much in the way of I mean, there's little bits here and there. You have to worry about terrain a little, what kind of units you have over them, but nothing too complicated, save for some paralogs and the DLC. Mm-hmm.
5: It's why any map that had a giant, one of the beasts that you had to kill that came up, I, I appreciated because at least it gave you something that you had to kind of think about, like, how am I going to get this thing's shield down? And just mm-hmm. it, like trying to pelt it with arrows and it's doing zero damage. like, okay, I guess I need to think... Re- rethink this uh, um moving on uh usually the final question that i have um do you have any me- memories about what you were doing like at the time you were playing this game uh, can,
2: can, can i start it off with bad memories so hopefully everyone else can end it on good ones
5: okay, <laughs> okay. wait I, I, oh no i know I it's actually, coming yeah, I sort of
2: think I know what this is, too. Uh-oh, you guys remember? Uh, yeah. Like, w- Was I the only one that was hit with the Koi Tecmo jank playing this game?
0: Oh. I think I didn't. I
2: think so. so. Oh, okay. So, like, it was very buggy for me playing the. Like, I, I experienced a lot of crashes playing this game, including one time where it completely corrupted the game file, and I had to, like... Wipe the uh, game file completely off my Switch and re-download the game to get it working again. Thankfully, my save files were okay, and I didn't lose any progress. But that was like a scare. I've never seen that before on a console game where somehow a crash actually corrupted the actual game file on the system. It was like a whole new level of jank.
5: And You've always had bad luck with Tecmo games. Uh,
2: I have on Switch, man. Like, I, I've sworn them off.
5: <laughs> was it Nelki that was giving you that kind of issues?
2: Uh, it was the other uh, Atelier game. The uh, the, the sequel. Lulua. Lulua. That one, they corrupted my save file, and I lost, like, I don't know, like 10, 15 hours of progress.
5: Man, who, who did you piss off at, Koi?
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Were you making fun of Muso?
2: Apparently,
4: apparently. <laughs> That'll do
5: it. I mean, I had a slightly better time. Um, I bought the game a weekend before I had to go stay at mom's, or stay at my mom's, because this was when my sister was still going through her chemo treatments, and so, somebody pretty much had to be around for to take her to, to the emergency room if she had any issues, and my mom had to go out of town that weekend. So I brought my dock to my parents' house, and my sister pretty much did nothing but sleep all weekend because she just was not feeling great. So I kind of had their house to myself. So I plugged in my Switch dock to the TV and played Fire Emblem, and was like, "This this is very weird playing this game on the TV at my old house." But it, it's kind of also where I fell in love with the game because I, I just I hit that sweet spot in the school phase. Of the game where I was, you know, doing classes and wanting to teach my students and trying to get their classes up and or trying to get their stats up and um, trying to get Biolith's stats up so that she could recruit more people. And I just, I've, I had a blast. Um, (laughs) Thank God for the Switch, man, being able to take take a game you love with you.
3: I think that was the weekend that I taught you how to break the. Professor levels with fishing?
5: Oh, yeah. That's right, because I did a lot of fishing. Yeah, because what was it about the fishing that caused the professor levels to break?
3: Um, Uh, So you could combine together fishing events with um, the meter that would preview what kind of fish that you were getting. And like the, the bigger and more rarer the fish were, the more professor points that you got. And so, yeah, if you were able to just time your fishing with... Uh, like one of those events where you could catch rare fish, you could shoot up in professor
5: levels really fast. And I forgot, what were the professor levels for?
3: Um, they increase the amount of interactions you could do every week.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah, you could also have more
0: adjuncts in battle, which are, which are kind of similar to pair up in Awakening and Fates, though to a much lesser extent. okay. Pretty useful for, like, getting more support
5: points on battle. Yeah, yeah. God, talk about unlocking a memory. I forgot how much I fished in that.
2: Yeah, there were so many of those little things you could do around the monastery. You know, like the, the fishing, the the tea parties, all that little yeah,
0: extra errata. You yeah, you could cook uh, with one person. You could share a meal with two characters and get supports that way. There was the choir. Later, I think DLC added the sauna, where you had to time It's mini game where how long you could stay in there before one
5: either of them (laughs) it's not an anime game unless there's a hot springs episode yeah
0: but they're not even wearing towels they're wearing like i don't even know what they are like gym
5: gym clothes (laughs) (laughs) um i also remember that you could uh grow stuff too in the greenhouse yeah that too and uh, another aspect, uh, p- picking up everybody's trash and giving it to them.
3: How is everybody that goes to this school such a scatterbrain?
5: Uh, and
0: it's uh, a it's thing. And I kind of like how on a um, new game plus, you could see what house they're from. So you can more quickly figure out who it belongs to. If you don't have it memorized from the first playthrough or have like a guide or something.
5: Yeah, because I'm, I was sitting there studying the profiles trying to think of, okay, who what does this belong to?
0: Yeah, but there's also, like, some you won't know unless you play, like, their go through, like, their skits. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, how am I supposed to know that
5: without going through their skits, their skits, yeah. their conversations. E- eventually, I just started looking stuff up, but I, I tried to figure it out on my own. Um, Cassandra, did you say your memories?
0: Uh, no. So, uh, they had these two sort of concurrent memories, because for the Black Eagles route, I did one playthrough by myself, that was the Silver Snow, the church route, and one play through with my sister uh because we used to play games a lot and once in a while we try to though of course it depends on our schedules if she's if we have enough time to even play a game together and over e- like over a little over a year managed to play through the black eagles crimson flower route that way uh so for the silver around the silver snow route near the end uh i had uh, my gall like my gallbladder i didn't have it stones for a while and finally i just had to have the thing removed <laughs> Uh, so I finished the game in the hospital after the surgery. So that will forever be a very weird memory. Also, like the previous week, I'd gone to a convention. So that's an even weirder, like, yay, convention. Oop, there goes my gallbladder. And OK, I finished this game.
3: <laughs> I Mine is actually pretty similar to that. Because yeah. last year, I was recovering from the surgery to repair my uh, arm nerve. And I was playing uh, Blue Lions while I was really high.
0: <laughs> I wasn't. I, I was, you know, conscious, just kind of waiting and just recovering. But still, it's just weird. I'm in the hospital. And I finished. <laughs> it's like what. And also for the Crimson Flower route, uh, my sister was there, and so was her fiance. And so they he saw like this dragon, like this, you know, Raya transformed into a dragon and then ravaging. I think the capital of Fargus. And they both made a joke comparing Raya to whatever characters from Game of Thrones, like yeah, except she is uh, the dragon. To Daenerys. Yeah, it's like, except she is the
5: dragon. <laughs> <laughs> now, I forgot, Anna, didn't you, didn't you initially play it when you was uh, had your stomach surgery too?
3: No. Okay. So it came out not long after my stomach surgery.
5: Okay, gotcha. Same year. A lot
3: of different surgeries. Yeah. <laughs>
5: It's the same year, but a little bit past that. Yeah, but.
3: I did end up playing another tactical RPG going uh, going into and coming out of my stomach repair, which was God Wars.
5: Oh, right.
3: So I don't know what it is. TRPGs and, and surgery. Uh, just I don't know. They tend to go hand in hand to me. Or I guess hand because I had surgery on my arm and I could only use one.
5: Thank God for Joy-Cons.
3: Yeah, I, I laid them flat on a pillow on top of my lap. And just kind of, like, extended my pinky to one side and my thumb to the other side and, like, palmed yeah, a bunch I, of stuff.
5: I need to 3D print you a attachment so that you can do your Joy-Cons one-handed. Ugh.
3: Yes, please.
5: Because there's no shortage of those um you can find patterns for those and everywhere and i need to print me one of those too because you know i've usually got a cat in my lap when i'm playing games but i'll have to test one and then send you one
3: sounds good
5: yes and i don't know if we have a poll back probably not oh okay you've just been quiet
1: oh i've just been listening (laughs) Um, okay I think that the question was like our memories of the game.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I this came out and I think you said, July in 2019. So we had been living in our current house for about a year. And my wife, I think we had just discovered that she was pregnant with our second. So I think I was having kind of like a, an existential crisis with like video games because I was worried that with a second child that I would. I uh, have less time to play games than I already had uh, after having one. Um, and I had, like I said before, I think we started the, the recording. Um, I was having a hard time kind of getting a game to keep my interest from start to, uh, start to finish, especially like a, a long 60-hour like, JRPG. So um, Fire Emblem, this is one of the first games that I played after my daughter was born in tw- at the end of 2017 that I was able to start and finish um, like within a relatively like reasonable time frame, and without being pulled away by some other game for like an extended period of time. So, um, and like I said earlier, it really it prompted me then to go back and start kind of knocking some games out of my backlog, including like half half finished games like Octopath Traveler and a couple of Star Oceans.
5: Oh, that's Octopath is a good game. We're gonna have to do a backtrack on that sometime next year. I think. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think I finished Octopath right after, uh, you know, maybe there was something else. My, my my whole timeline is messed up. I blame COVID. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know, exactly. And I think that that's one of the things about the Switch that I've really enjoyed is that, um, you know, we talk about how like great it is for portability and like for handheld play, Um I do. I yeah. I love it for that. But I mean, I I'm such a, uh, a docked mode player, um, and like especially when we go on trips, it's no. It's so easy for me if I'm already taking my Switch. It's like it's no big deal for me to pack the dock, you know, to bring yeah. with me to in the event that. So many times, my wife and I will be on a trip. We were just up north, um, and uh, I, I brought the switch with me. And like, she'd go to sleep, and I'd just like uh, hook it up. And I was playing. Uh, I'm playing Chris Tales right now.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait to try that one.
1: Yeah, I'm reviewing okay. it right now for the site.
5: Oh, cool. Uh, do, do you have that switch bag that is specially made for holding everything?
1: Um, so I have. I just bought a. I bought a switch case. Um, it's. I'm holding it right now. It, like it holds about seven or eight games, and it's got. It's like Mario themed. It's not like one of those. Um, like crazy backpacks that like you can pack everything in it. Like, I guess I'm actually thinking now about getting one <laughs> now that you mentioned yeah,
5: it. Yeah, um, both me and my husband have a, a, one of those messenger bags for each of our switches. Yeah. And being able to just throw the whole system in there, like dock and all, is just amazing, it's especially since with the dock, you know, it, usually my parents have an HDMI cable handy anyway, and I keep a cell phone charger, in the bag because it uses the same charger as my uh smartphone Mm -hmm. so throwing it into my bag to stay at my parents for a couple of days or just go on a trip is nice
1: yeah especially um i I think this game in particular is just really beautiful and especially like you know even after um violet's color change the hair color changes um you know i just remember looking just staring at the character on like my on my big tv at my house and just being like This game is so beautiful. And I I always thought that Fire Emblem had like a really um, stylish aesthetic, but I never really would um, like threaten to call the games beautiful. But it was this one that I thought that that Nintendo obviously, you know, with the the influence of other developers, they really just stepped up um, the presentation uh, to its best, uh, I guess, implementation thus far. And uh, especially even the soundtrack, oh my gosh, the music is just incredible, especially some of the motifs that you find
4: um, oh, yes. through
1: some of the themes. I, I, this is probably my favorite collection of Fire Emblem music in the entire history.
0: Uh, I'm going to have to like compare this better with Shadows of Valentia, because they're both just so good. This series' music has been really good since Awakening, it really has.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: my favorite thing about the presentation, personally, is just how cool the characters look when they're doing their attacks. Yeah. Um, especially especially the back flipping horses which seemed like it was a carryover from the warriors game
1: <laughs> absolutely i personally i love um the magic attacks just um there's something um i just loved watching them uh you know uh i just loved watching the magic spells especially like watching the implementation of them um graphically compared to awakening just seeing how everything has just been a process of becoming gradually better Um, as the series progresses and becomes more popular, uh, Mm. it's just a joy to watch.
5: And I I think you had stepped out. Did you have any particular fights that you were a fan of?
1: So I I answered that already. It was the first fight after um after you after the time jump when you realize that you're killing former classmates. Um, You know, it sounds it sounds great when you're it sounds it's like oh great what a feature. I think you tweeted that you're playing a game right now um, where you have to like you're sacrificing one of the children basically. Oh
4: oh, yeah. Oh Fuga. Um, Fuga. Yeah.
1: you hear about that and you're like, oh, great, okay, a gameplay mechanic, all right. But then when you play through, like, the first half of this game and you're getting to know these classmates and you're starting to figure out what their, like, quirks are and their backstories, and then you come back and it's like, okay, you never really consider the fact that these people are going to be your adversary. And then you're actually fighting them and then killing them. You know, it's like it's just, it's um it's like one of those things of, like, the, the spoils of war that um, you're not really considering, in, even in a game that has permadeath.
5: Uh, t- to be fair, the thing with Fuga is that Chris um, and his husband is horrified about that aspect of that game. So I've been playing up that aspect just to annoy him. <laughs> I, I'm not actually looking forward to stuffing children in cannons. I've just been saying that.
0: I him. don't know. I so, think you are.
5: Well, to, to be clear, just the dog characters. The cats will be fine. Seem to be more dogs than cats. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I know.
1: Kelly, what console did you pick it up for? Fuga? Yeah.
5: Um... Switch.
1: Are it's you, on um, everything. Are you having any performance issues on it?
5: Not yet, but I've only scratched the surface. Okay. Um, I'm
1: big I, on getting Switch games, but I feel like so many times there there's always performance issues. Like on, um, I think Ease Eight. Oh, I felt like it was just there was so laggy.
3: Um, well, and that definitely sort of ties back into Three Houses because. Um, before they put out some of the performance patches a few months in, this game kind of went chuggalug.
5: Yeah. Um, I- I'm not going to lie. The PS5 is starting to spoil me with the lack of load times, because now Switch load times are starting to become noticeable.
4: Oh, yeah. And yeah.
5: I, di- I mean, I didn't have any problems with crashing with this game, but yeah, some... Some of the fights were a little chuggy. The
2: uh, the load times in this game were
0: quite long for a sw- even yeah, for a Switch game. Yeah, that's true. Now that I think about it early on, I think it was a bit more laggy. Like now I don't notice it as much playing through it more recently.
5: Oh boy, a Switch, I love you, but you need a faster processor, man.
1: Oh yeah, I'm 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 playing Chris Stills right now, and um, I wish I had I wish I was playing the PS5 version because it's like there is a. Definite loading. Uh, there's a, a delay for a loading sequence before every single random encounter. I can't believe
5: that. <laughs> I mean, not to get too off-tangent, but with, with the game that made me realize that the Switch Switch has a load time problem was um, Age of Calamity, the, the Zelda Muso game. Because there were some levels I was finishing faster than they could load. <laughs>
3: I, I was doom-scrolling between levels.
5: Oh, that... Hmm. Last year, that's... Oh, wait, no, that was this year you played that. Never mind. Well, oh, I, I think that we, we're we getting off track, which usually tells me that um, we've said all we wanted to say about Fire Emblem. Um, in, in case you're curious about the game itself, um, it can be found, found used for as low as 30 bucks. I saw that a bunch of places like Amazon and Best Buy had it on sale for 40 I want to say, recently. Um, Nintendo games have, have been been kind of having a weird sale lately and it's been off and on, so you can check it out. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be paying Nintendo tax. Um, The (laughs) collector's edition, unfortunately, runs about $200 now, but you're not really missing... I don't think the collector's edition of this one, it was important to get, is the one for Fates, because, you know, that had the best version of the game.
4: (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's true. I mean, they're kind of nice. It's kind of nice looking. (laughs) I,
5: I am jealous that the EU... Collector's edition, collector's edition got enamel pens and we got a desk calendar
2: that that's been true for a while now that uh, the european branch of nintendo has been doing the better collector's editions <laughs> than north america
5: yep and not only a desk calendar but one for 2020 which is the worst year so far <laughs> but so um I had a lot of fun with this game. It sounds like it sounded like you guys had a lot of fun with this game. Um, definitely a, a step up from Fates, from
4: what like it seems. Several steps up from yeah. Fates. <laughs> um,
5: o- overall, I'd say that you really can't go wrong with fire emblem in the 3 houses and it, it makes me wonder if they're gonna put out another one on the switch anytime soon like I get yeah, as, yeah as I was alluding to earlier
0: with like the similarities to genealogy of the holy war I will be very surprised if we don't see a remake of that using the same engine in the near future
2: yeah I mean they're they are putting out an advanced wars game but uh, intelligent systems isn't working on that really. No, that's so... way forward. Exactly. Yeah. So, intelligent systems has been working on something for the last couple of years. So, hopefully, we'll see that soon.
5: Yes, but but yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. because yeah, we got three Fire Emblem games on the 3DS, so I I'm I'm curious, but I I guess time will tell. Um, mm-hmm. I'm stuttering obviously, so that's probably meeting that we are about time to go to bed but uh, th- thank you Anna for ch- for coming on board um, pod- podcast sister from another podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and J- Josh Cassandra and Paul th- thank you very much for kind of jumping nights yeah. sort- not really at the last minute but sort of suddenly to accommodate Anna because I did want somebody that had played all the routes. No problem.
1: Glad to be here yeah thanks for having me.
5: And he, he had to bounce, but th- thank you, Matt, for editing and being an all-around awesome co-host. yeah, man, I, I do believe that we've got Stardew Valley coming up next, Ooh. which I, I can't wait to talk about that. Um, Matt's so ex- excited to talk about that. He thought that we was doing that one after Mass Effect. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting show, especially with Sam. On who's always a delight and earns us that explicit tag.
3: (laughs) 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 Yes, indeed.
5: But uh, thank you guys for showing up. We will catch you on the next backtrack and be good.